Likewise, uh, uh, a memoir, the poem, the word proves the multitude potential of words and its uh, intimate affiliation with words that portray his personal and political life also with the memoir. So that is a memoir, his personal memory, his personal feelings. And here with the poem, with the memoir words, he manifested with expression and he manifested uh, whether in poetry or in prose, words are important words are something that is seen that doesn't uh, the poet even bows to them and uh, it, he expresses his intense love towards poet as a poet he loves words and as a poet he always clings to words and try to tame it while writing and uh, as every poet do they want new and new and words into the poetry and he just taming it he just get it from very force and that he uses into his poetry sometimes these words uh, he runs after words he runs and chase after words and all his acts of life are closely associated with words and running and chasing towards uh, uh, better words and good and good words to express in his poetry and again he felt like something sometimes words come like unexpected rain so and it just comes very spontaneously into the mind of the poet and there are days in which he wait for those words very greedily and, uh, and when he catch them he just uh, there are sometimes he drop down those words and uh, he also tell us that he loves vowels he loves the sounds vowels and uh, again he why did he love vowels is that he compares it with vivid objects in nature like he compared vowels as a colored stone he compares vowels as a silver fish he compares vowels as foam thread metal and also dew and uh, while he is writing the poems he often runs after beautiful amazing uh, words why uh, it is to make his poem very fit into his poem and make it again a beautiful one and he compares his encounter as he has having an encounter with the words and to the everyday activities in a human life he deals with words like dealing something edible edible means uh, to have food so he deals with words like dealing something edible eatable so he says he cleans them peels them and make them his meal it just like we are having a food uh, we are having a fruit and after cleaning and after peeling its skin and he make them his meal that is a kind of a dealing he do with the words he finds words from everything that exists in the world under the sun and everything under the uh, under the sky he just goes and search for the uh, words he dig words and that is everything that exists in this real world and the words gather its meaning through long journeys from country to country and that carry the inherited 
inhabitants of ancient culture and history so the words also contains the culture the society in which a person who is living and naruda uh, as a poet he is so proud of uh, the language he has and because that is the language that he has inherited from his ancestors and from his the brave spanish conquerors of mexico and peru according to him that is this is anxiety uh, i mean uh, and uh, ancestral heritage and in this small extract this word this memory he it is bringing about bringing out the memory of his uh, ancestors who has struggled to build up a civilized culture and all these struggles are happening around and amidst of all these struggles the people they are paid special attention attention to literature and arts and uh, they left uh, the luminous words are left us for us to use it again the carrot of the gold and left the gold and for the future generation he believes that the words are a gift from the great ancestors that is why he says there is a particular line in the poem which is egan gives us a, a beautiful more insight into what they have to tell about uh, what they have to tell about the ancestry what they have to tell about the beautiful things that we have with the, the world and that is very notion on how we have to deal with uh, the uh, poem and how to them and exist he says everything exists in the world so he says he run after certain words because they are so beautiful he just want that particular words to fit into his poetry and he says the language he possesses uh, what a good language mine is what a good tongue we inherited from the fierce conquistadors conquistadors means the conquerors and uh, they are the people they colonized our land they strode over the tremendous cordilleras the tremendous uh, wealth around us over the ruffled america seeking potato sausage beans black tobacco gold corn fried eggs with voracious appetite they never again seen in the world they just looted everything from us they swallowed up everything they swallowed the religion they swallowed the pyramid tribe culture idolatry just like the one they brought along the big sacks they come with a big big sacks and they get everything they looted everything they appropriated everything and uh, it is the barbarian uh, from the boots their beards the helmets their horse shoes luminous uh words drop like pebbles it is with the culture there is a culture how language has been evolved so it is they they just regard the language as something very precious a treasure uh, to cherish so uh, it is something what is remained uh, as a resplendent is the language uh, when the britishers or the people the colonized uh, colonizers they have looted our land what they have left is uh, they just looted everything we ended up as winners we ended up as losers he says the last lines of the poem tells us that we ended up as losers we ended up as winners too how they took the gold and they left us the gold what is the gold they left us they took everything and they left us everything they left us the words so that is the treasure he says uh, and uh, whatever they have 
have left behind us that is they regard or the poet regard as the gold and they need the treasure forever and he just cherishes the beauty of the word in the poem the words by pablo naruda good morning one and all and the last classes we have seen the racial prejudiced notion on a particular group of people and the same thinking uh, what they have felt in their minds in the poems when i was growing up by nelly wang now we have seen the last classes also uh, i have uh, gave you one poem which is written by pablo neruda a chilean poet and uh, that by uh, the word the poem itself called as a word so this poem which is comes under the genre mmr so a textbook which is comprises of autobiographical writings memoirs essays and diaries so this particular poem which comes under a mmr so autobiography and mmr what is autobiography so that is a, a special kind of an biographical truth of uh, life of uh, i am just signature in my life in uh, print so uh, that is uh, reshaped by the recollection of uh, one person so likewise as an autobiography a memoir m e m o i r is at uh, also as a narrative that reveals the experiences within the author's lifetime so but there are obvious and practical difference between what is an autobiography and what is a uh, memoir so in essence a autobiography is a chronological telling so uh, there is a chronology in the autobiography of the experiences of the writer so who is writing about himself which should included phases uh, like uh, it is his infant days will be the his childhood days and how he come into an adolescent uh, young man or girl and his life in an adulthood period etc but uh, whereas in memoir it is something which very much different from autobiography is that memoir provides as much more specific uh, timeline and much more intimate relationship to the writers on memories so that he is dealing with a particular memory a feeling and emotion so we have uh, uh, here we have a, a very wonderful memoir uh, by pablo neruda that is uh, ex- entitled as an excerpt as a summary as the word uh, from a famous latin american poet his chilean poet by pablo neruda so that is what we are going to uh, see here so i have already given you the text of the poem so he's a chilean poet the full name of pablo neruda is neftali ricardo reyes bezolato so he is the chilean poet and uh, he is a person he is was chile's most beloved poet and he was a dedicated supporter of the communist party and ardent admirer of joseph stalin and fidel castro and uh, he adopted the pen name pablo neruda in the honor of a czech poet jean neruda and uh, this particular one the word i guess you have all come across with the poem and gone through the poem yesterday i have already gave you the podcast of the poem and the text of the poem and uh, this particular is uh, an extract from his uh, uh, memoirs 
and uh, the whole passage and the whole poem is filled with his poetic expressions and it is full of uh, figures of speech you can uh, you can see that in the poem so when we have look into that particular poem uh, the first impression that we might have think on is the lines or the ideas of the poem uh, we just have a thought that is a bit a little bit confusing but it is not create any problem in understanding but uh, it is because the poem and written in a free verse it's a run over lines so what why the lines and expressions become more clear and powerful and it's is more powerful it's where he is using very simple language the lines are very clear and each of them are filled with poetic beauty that is full of uh, figures of speech and what makes naruda's poem unique is that he compared uh, the word with food a lot many items of food and other delicious dishes that decorates one's food and all the lines and most of the lines can be interpreted as many ways and we can't conclude uh, one particular line interpret as it uh, one particular line has this meaning so it has a number of uh, themes in that poem and it has included theme of colonialism or foreign invention okay after the invention the conquerors uh, take away everything valuable from the land so so uh, invention that's a conquering on a land so oh, the conquerors take away everything valuable from the land and but they uh, be left behind the real gold that is the language and in our case to uh, the british colony uh, we are one of the british colonies so when the britishers left from our land Uh, they have looted everything from us uh, india once a country that is very much rich in history rich in wealth everything so but once uh, the britishers uh, landed in our country what they left is the gold uh, the the left a gold that is the language so the congress failed to catch the language it is pure even after the invention so we have a language here we have a culture here and they are failed to invent those culture and the language capacity that in there is a pluralistic culture of a Uh, nation so the lines are rich with figures of speech like simile metaphor and here the poet also compares the language with many elements as a shining rocks silver fish fruit algae agates olive and polished silvers and he also uses the metaphors like they are foam they are thread they are metal etc okay so uh, here he also uses uh, poetic domestic images also uh, he is also using domestic images in, in the passage called the word the word the, uh, in this passage he reveals the difficult journey of a poet to collect the words and the poet offers some domestic images in the passage by comparing the words to delicious dishes uh, the uh, like food tenders energy vitamins as well as taste one's body words given energy and enthusiasm to poet's mind and the last section of the passage he describes how a foreign invention destroys a land wealth and how they loot valuable things from us but at the same time they leave the original goal here 
what is the original god the word that is the tongue the language so one can express all his feelings thoughts emotions through his language the word help us very much so whatever we felt inside in our mind whatever the other people said about us told about us we can deal with all those things with our language so all the lines uh, are highly decorated with a polished language and a polished poetic expression so so uh, this is the first glance we are getting from the poem so as we have seen this poem when i was growing up is an autobiographical poem which was published in the year 1973 so here she compares uh, and she emphasizes wang nali wang emphasizes on the identity crisis she experienced by the asian americans and thus it depicts the history of the poet and her family in america so the poem is composed in past tense so uh, the poet is using a conversational style at the outset of the poem the speaker describes her desperation in a society that celebrates white beauty when she grew up she realized that was white people who appeared in movies magazines and they were elevated and the so called desirable women it signifies that how the popular culture in america has cultivated these ideas of beauty by creating a wrong notion of being white the poet herself imagined as white and started to wear pale skin the speaker then narrates how she was trying to be adapted to the western language and culture she met with white girls who wore imported cotton dresses and thought that she too should have these fortunes when she grew up she longed for the american food and style the word hungered in the poem shows the intensity of her desire to imitate american white's lifestyle she began to hate yellow men and she felt hello men means her own people and she felt ashamed of being with them and their acts were considered as cultureless and uh, because uh, these yellow people in that poem we can see they are just spit on the streets and when she grew up uh, people would ask her on nationality and made an identity crisis in her and she felt that her dark skin was dirty and tried to wash it away she says i could not shed my skin in a grey water she swore she would run away to somewhere unoccupied with the yellow people and at last at the end of the poem she concludes this poem when i was growing up with a, a note of self realization so we we know that the first very first line i told you that there is a progression of attitude at the end of the the note of self realization about her identity earlier she just wanted to be exactly like the white people she reconciles herself with her chinese uh, american identity and she uh, and at last the progress of reality which comes uh, she the by dismantle abandon the stereotype of the western beauty uh, which is called uh, a beauty cult a very good morning to one and all so we are dealing with the paper a05 signatures expressing the self this is an interesting collection of personal narratives of the great personalities in the world
so I, I as I have told you earlier it is a collection of uh, uh, essays or memoirs or poems which is signature which is a signature indicating issues the contemporary issues in the world so uh, basically this particular text signatures is designed uh, to introduce uh, to you uh, about the personal and political life of world which is renounced the personalities earlier and which is something that enable them to understand how personal narratives interest with the large social realities and that also uh, enabled them to understand this and uh, a large social reality and go on to realize which is uh, continue to realize the personal narratives are not about individual stories but that is something which is encompassing the collective self or as a society as a whole so about this paper signatures we have three modules the first module that is entitled as autobiographical writings and memoirs and uh, which are something that is include the writings of Pablo Neruda and Janet Armstrong which is something that is all inspiring writers who are connected with their times the particular times uh, again module 2 which is titled as speeches and testimony is an interesting blend of narrative of uh, uh, we can see uh, the life of uh, Charlie Chaplin uh, and uh, the absurdist dramatist uh, uh, Pinda uh, poet Gianni Mirikitani and the disturbing voice of the Chernobyl and the last module the last module the third module that consists of uh, the diaries and letters that reveals the heartbreaking experience of Anne Frank you might everybody might have read uh, the diary of Anne Frank and uh, there is another diary by Adrian Mole it's a comic relief thing and uh, last is the mothers of endosulfan victims in Kasako district in Kerala so this is uh, uh, basically this text is all about so we shall now see uh, uh, see the poem when I was growing up by Nelly Wang. Oh, you go and listen to the podcast I uh, had sent you yesterday uh, with the poem when I was growing up. So, after listening or by listening, while listening the poem, you just listen to uh, now. So, when I was growing up is a poem by a famous, uh, the famous uh, Chinese-American writer whose name is Nelly Wong. She is uh, a person who is best known for her themes of feminism and identity. And about Nelly Wong, it is she is a person, she is very active in feminist and socialist courses. And much of her poetry deal with the courses as well as the Asian-American experience. And uh, she often writes about the struggles and strength of a family and other Asian American who confront racism. So uh, in this world, in this week, we have seen so many racial issues. You might have uh, uh, gone through the newspapers and news about a black man who has been killed brutally by a American white 
court white in court police and also exposes the sexism of chinese american women confront both from the mainstream society and the chinese american uh, community and uh, uh, this is uh, uh, in addition to her activist work there are three books of poetry from her so the first one is dreams in harrison railroad park that she published in the year 1977 another one is the death of the long steam lady published in 1986 and stalin moments in 1997 and uh, she has also edited books and worked in uh, films and movies so uh, about uh, this uh, poem uh, when i was growing up this is actually a poem in goes in line with autobiography at the same time it was also represent the plight of all women immigrants in america it talks about the writer's past and her journey from childhood to adolescence with each passing stanza while you listen to it so we can get it there is a progression of time there is a progression of attitude at last there is a progression of outlook and uh, so the poem while you listen to it you can get that the poem opens with the thoughts of a young girl who wishes to discern her own chinese identity and chinese culture and she just tries to assimilate tries to fit into the dominant white majority world the beauty which is regarded as a white she talks about the discrimination that she faced because of her appearance and color and expresses her desire to be like uh, what we call a fair blonde sensuous desirable american women with all the white skin and things like that and where white is only the color which is beauty uh, falls and the discrimination was so evident that she started believing in her own darkness and began wearing imaginary pale skin she says that uh, in spite of having a good command over american language and american lifestyle she was still an american it is because she recollects the memory of being selected by a white man with happiness she says that it made her feel special and precious she started believing that she represents the eastern beauty and uh, and when we listen to this poem she compares her on people that is the chinese man in particular and men from the east in general to the white man and feels that the former that is the chinese people her own folk uh, she feels like inferior than the later that is the american people in all the aspect aspects she says that she is ashamed of her own people for their uncultured ways and habits she then moves on to talk about the insensitivity of people who take her identity for granted she just hate uh, to be called as a chinese girl and uh, and when they fail to recognize her as a chinese lady and they call her as a various identity they give her various identity like they call her a portuguese polynesian filipina without the slightest concern for her feelings so she, she tells us these all kind of things all these led to the major shift in the poet's attitude and 
time she understand that however hard she may try she is always she is always the other the other in single inverted for the whites she accepts her ethnic identity and breaks the american stereotype of beauty she yearns to run to her homeland where she can breathe freely and be her own self this is what she feel okay uh, yes uh, this particular item and sulfan the killer pesticide has made nanjan prambhu a graveyard exactly a cemetery so it was no the ignorance of any agricultural scientists which gave rise to such a difficult situation it is because the plight is the result of the fatal uh, unscrupulous greed and terror spewing activity of the government of which misinterprets the scientific knowledge and sold it out to the market and why you are science students so uh, there needs an ethical preparation while we are dealing with all kinds of this so a human humanity a need to secure humanity human values is needed while we are doing a scientific exploration so again so they need they misinterpret the scientific knowledge and again sold it to the market again and again so the plantation corporation and the agricultural scientists the, the agricultural central agriculture department and manufacturers of endosulfan cannot evade from this responsibility and it is directed by the supreme court and the community uh, health department of calicut medical college conducted an epistemology study for icmr and discovered high levels of endosulfan in the blood samples collected from nanjambarabu again lot many studies has happened because uh, to detect whether uh, why this kind of a phenomena which happened again uh, from all the years from the banning of uh, endosulfan uh, so there is again a kerala state council for science Uh, and technology and environment uh, conducted a study again to measure endosulfan level in the water and the soil of nanjambarambu and found out that there were dangerous levels of endosulfan uh, particle uh, particles even 10 years after the aerial spraying was stopped so the study also revealed that there was every possibility of it having contaminated the food chain and uh, uh, if this observation is placed alongside uh, the endosulfan count found in the blood samples collected from nanjambaramba it will be revealed that the countless deformed half children who led a death in life are a creation of no doubt creation of the poisonous fiend called endosulfan so again uh, the central agricultural department came in force which is showing an urgency to export endosulfan is not even bothered about resisting this grotesque life disruptive phenomena uh, what is happen is that in fact they are actually playing with the life of people in kasagod so the agricultural scientists are ignorant of the act that the plantation corporation has spread over 11 panchayats and are trying to deprive the victims even on of the basis uh, humanitarian consideration that they deserve and um, there happened many counter studies and the counter the studies conducted by sunita narayan and dr habibullah 
the Calicut Medical College study had proved that the endosulfan was the cause for all severe health problems but this study was suppressed when CAD furnished a report against them and the pesticide issues also impact in the rights of civil society. Uh, uh, again, uh, this is something authorities are unwilling to take up construction of the Central University campus in Periyan until they are convinced that the 300 acres of land allotted by the government in Periya is uncontaminated by endosulfan. And uh, at the end, with a strong belief that the Supreme Court would ban endosulfan, this letter is being written by the mothers on behalf of the infants of uh, Nenjan Parambu. So that is the cause when uh, uh, M. A. Rahman, who have uh, uh, who are collected the letters of mothers, 10 mothers of uh, Nenjan Parambu, and because the endosulfan we know is a killer pesticide which has been classified as a highly hazardous chemical and uh, uh, it has been banned by many countries in the world okay rooting out this menace was almost impossible since the complicit are the most powerful ones including various departments of the government and scientist so uh, uh, there is a government verdict so uh, this letter of uh, letter from others is a narrative uh, so what narrative is the use of gruesome effect of the use of endosulfan in Kasyagodu. Uh, the letter's paramount significance is uh, in the lies in the fact that it was it was instrumental. Okay, instrumental in bringing out the Supreme Court verdict that forward the victims. So uh, when this letter was submitted to the Supreme Court along with the shocking photographs of the victims. So you might have had that kind of a feeling when you have uh, watched the documentary Paradise for dying so we just shocked to see that so the, the supreme court had directed that it uh, that it be submitted as a writ petition again so the say was submitted along with the writ petition by vandana shiva and uh, there is a verdict came out from supreme court in the year uh, 2017 uh, january 17 announced a compensation of uh, rupees 5 lakh for each afflicted family as interim relief which had to be dispersed within five months of the verdict the irony is that that still is pain, uh, pending. Thus, uh, this letter has a great impact on the crusade against endosulfan. A couple of months ago, uh, there is uh, you might have heard of Dayabai, Dayabai, who is working for this kind of an unprivileged people. So she is uh, raising these issues uh, before. Uh, uh, in front of the parliament and uh, she has uh, taken for so many days uh, satyagraha uh, to raise this issues again so which is very true that which which is very relevant that this kind of an issue is uh, still there in chance and the people are still suffering uh, they are uh, they have a lot of laws so there are people still working for this cause so for that this is a very grave social issue which is demand equality for the people who are born and yet to born thank you okay uh, next is uh, this is a letter which is titled as a letters from mothers of nenjambarambu to the supreme court as the title suggests, it is a letter written to the Supreme Court of India by Professor M. A. Rahman on behalf of the mothers of endosulfan affected families. 
and uh, the ill-fated wretched hapless and chronically ill, Ill children are dying day by day in kasukoda and they are trapped between life and death that is the dance of the uh, death no, that is a arajividangal uh, and there are many infants who die soon after their birth to which the government pays no heed they are not even included in the government list of people dead due to endosulfan so when you go through the text if you have the textbook of signature you can very widely get that this situation the families victimized by endosulfan only get rupees 2000 per month as the pension the women in those areas now have no fear of abortion but they do fear conception they just fear of being pregnant it is because no mother wants to deliver a limbless torso in place of a baby so uh, in that if you have gone through that uh, uh, documentary you might have witnessed the plight the state of children being uh, growing up in that particular atmosphere and uh, again this is um, starting with the uh, the begins the letter citing the tragedy of an endosulfan afflicted family were the newborn infant of mamta and narayan of adur kaitod is born without eyes and dies immediately and her other children uh, were also affected by endosulfan in various ways and uh, the twin that were born in her second delivery also died. Uh, these endosulfan inflicted infants were never mentioned in the government list of people dead due to endosulfan. The only proof that the family was stricken by endosulfan was the pension of uh, rupees 2000 per month given to their endosulfan inflicted child. So again, uh, we have seen the women in Nanchakarambu fear of conception rather than abortion because they don't want to give birth to limbless dozo in place of babies. So malformed children continued still now to be born even 10 years after the ban of endosulfan spraying in the year. You just need to stress on here the endosulfan spraying ended or banned in the year 2000. Okay, and the negligence on the part of the government led to an increase in the death rate. So, and again in 2002, the author and his people went to shoot a documentary that is, you have seen yesterday, maybe a paradise for the die, in which a plantation laborer named Achudamanian revealed that when in 2000 endosulfan was banned, the excess chemical was buried in ancient parable. So, again, this residue of endosulfan is the cause of this deaths. And uh, what is uh, critical is Nanchimparambu, the place, lies at the heart of uh, Minjipadavu mountain, Adhur district. So here lies the um, uh, Kerala Plantation Corporation's Minjipadavu estate and a huge uh, cement tank in which endosulfan was prepared is situated in Nanchimparambu and is even the landing place for helicopters. And around this, uh, the pure water veins of Ninchambarambu flow between the cervixes of rocks. And these founts of water trickle in streams to the villages in the valley. 
so there are two man made uh, man made underground tunnels in nanjimbaram both that are enclosed by stone steps and overlaid with leaves and foliages and embedded with the roots of huge trees and the water that accumulates in these tunnels quenches hmm, the thirst of the villagers especially during the scorching summer season and the residue Uh, the residue of the buried and sulfan sweeps into the stream which explains the death even after the ban that is the real cause why uh, after banning a uh, 10 years after banning the endosulfan there are still victims born in that particular place uh, it is something very long ago one of the streams of this hill was diverted to a village okay by an organic farmer named mamacha Hmm? Uh, uh, spelling goes like this: M A M A D C H A. So the village came to be called Kaidodu hmm? because uh, you have to note it. Uh, the village came to be called Kaidodu because Mamacha diverted the stream with the help of a spade, Mamati. So that's of a, a spade, S P A D E. So Mamacha's daughter, uh, he has a daughter. Uh, his name is Hajra. So Hajra lived on the banks of this stream, and however, the water which was to be a blessing, always a blessing. Water is a blessing, right? So in the blessing became a curse as the endosulfan had seeped into the, uh, into it from the ground in which it was buried. So uh, today, this particular village Kaidoda teems with the endosulfan inflicted uh, children. good morning so next we have another chapter which is letters from the mothers of nanjimparambu to the supreme court so we just shall see what are the basic things in this chapter so this is one of the burning social issues of kerala and broadly of india uh, that is a problem uh, mainly caused by endosulfan in kasuko district so uh, this is uh, uh, on behalf of uh, uh, the mothers of all the victims who wrote a letter to supreme court of for justice which is discussed in this chapter and uh, this letter was submitted to the supreme court on behalf of uh, tens of thousands of victims who had to live in misery because of the poisonous fant f i e n d fant Uh, the fant means devil. Uh, uh, the poisonous fant is being referred here as endosulfan. So here the author begins the letter citing tragedy of an endosulfan affected family were the newborn infant of Mamta and Narayan of Athur. Kaitodu is born without eyes and dies immediately. So. uh this is uh, uh something which is uh, very eye opening to us uh this person emir rahman uh, he is a retired professor he is also an activist critic and film maker and about him he has been at the forefront of the enco movement against endosulfan and he also uh, the recipient of odakural award and uh, the work that merited this honor was oro jeevinu vilapettadana this is it so uh, letters from mothers of nanjimbarambu to the supreme court is telling narrative on the gruesome effects of the use of endosulfan in kasaragod district
so what is endosulfan so that is a pesticide notorious for its acute toxicity and that is also potential for bioaccumulation and endocrine disruptor you know all these kind of a thing and um, uh, i hope you have watched the documentary a paradise for dying to yesterday which has been classified as a highly hazardous chemical by many organizations including world health organization so it is also one of the burning issues of social issues of kerala and also uh, what uh, this is um, of uh, uh, india too so this letter invites attention to the trauma suffered by the women folk due to endosulfan so this is something drafted by m a rahman in malayalam who lived with these victims and personally encountered travels translated by bv lasida and signed by 10 mothers in karaduka panchayat uh, kazagod and uh, 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 let's see this in next uh, voice note 